Well, aloha from Maui, Hawaii. This is Michael Benner with the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. Pleasure to be here with you today. As we talk about self-love in what will be the first of a six-part series called Fly, Feeling Like Yourself. This is the Fly program, which I've taught for years and years and years. And um, I should probably tell you a little bit about the Fly program right at the top. The Fly program is a program I taught for many years in Los Angeles to students and private clients. In fact, when I did a year-long career training, which we called meditative hypnosis, this was really the core of the training. This is what I taught people who wanted to incorporate meditation and or hypnotherapy in their practice or to begin a practice as a meditation teacher or facilitator of hypnotherapy for learning, accelerated learning education and uh, emotional intelligence, stress and anger management. It comes out of having done counseling and training for many years and realizing little by little that pretty much everybody's going through the same kind of thing and that while these tools and techniques can be applied in particular ways given the personal nature of this student or that student, this client or the other, that nevertheless, we all need basically the same types of tools. And it broke down into six sessions, and beginning today and for the next six weeks, well, today and five more weeks, I'm going to cover those six tools, those six sessions that make up the program Fly Feeling Like Yourself, okay? And today, it's self-love. All right. Self-love is where it all begins. Love, you know, when people talk about love yourself or self-love, when they talk about loving your life, that's often confusing to a lot of people because what we're modeling based on our myths and our literature and our movies and what our parents did and what our friends did is try to find love from other people. If only we could find someone to love us, then everything would be okay. So what is self-love, and why is it not egotistical? Ironically, interestingly, true self-love has nothing to do with the ego. People who have a big ego— and I guess this is a good place as any to begin, people who have an inappropriately large ego are not people who love themselves. They're people who despise themselves and are terrified because they don't really know what's lovable about them. So think about that for a second. People that you may know or who you may have encountered in your life, who you would describe as having a really inflated ego, people that some might say, 
boy, they must think they're really better than other people. Frankly, that's not true of people with giant egos. Again, people with a big ego, this is important, are people who act as if they are superior or better or just tough, you know, the way you go into a bar or a club and there's always one guy that's mad-dogging all of these other guys, like looking for a fight, looking to prove how tough he is or... There's other versions of that, of course, people that try to prove themselves intellectually superior and uh, sort of put other people down. Again, what is described as having a big ego is not somebody that knows the truth about who they are, their ego, so to speak. The ego is a front. It's a cover story. It's... um, I like the Who song. They did that song, Eminent Front. And at one point, Daltrey says, Eminent Front, it's a put-on. And that's exactly what an ego is. It's a put-on. It's a face. You know, the word personality is rooted in the word persona, which, if you go to its Greek root, or Latin, I think it's Greek, Greek or Latin. Persona means mask. So for thousands of years, there is this idea that your personality is a mask for who you really are. And in that way, if not strictly in the Freudian sense, he sort of coined the word ego, but it's come to mean more than Freud really ever intended it to mean, ego really refers to that false self or false sense of self, the mask that people wear, the front, the cover story that they use because they don't really know the truth of who they are. So true self-love is not egotistical because as you discover the truth of who you are, You don't become pompous or arrogant or superior, quite the contrary. This is true for everyone. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in my practice that as people become more familiar with the truth of who they are, they become more humble (laughs) rather than more egotistical. All right. They begin to see themselves not as better or worse, not as superior or inferior, but simply different. And this is the way out. You don't think of yourself as better than some and inferior to others. You think of yourself as one of a kind as you come to understand yourself better. You find out what's lovable about you, why other people want to be with you. Or like the quotation I used in the newsletter this week from Wayne Dyer, you learn to be comfortable and enjoy being with the person you are when you're all alone, right? (laughs) If you like who you are, you're never lonely, even when, by all appearances, you are alone.
because you like that person you're with. In other words, you realize that self-love is really loving not the ego self, not the part of you that is separated and walking around in that sack of protoplasm, not the separative self, but because the nature of love is to be harmonious, to be connected, to have a relationship with all other things. That is the magnetic and cohesive and radiatory nature of love. If you think about those terms, magnetic, cohesive, and radiatory. And love is all of those things. Love is not a commodity that you pass around or give to each other. Love is a magnetic field. Like all energy in the universe, energy operates through a field of influence. And love is a field. So the whole idea that we can exchange love, that if you love me, then I'll love you, or I'll love you even if you don't love me. I'm going to make this great sacrifice and give you love, like here's a bushel basket full of love, and hopefully I'll get something in return. It does not <laughs> it does not work that way at all. It's magnetic. You can feel the magnetic influence when you say, I'm feeling really attracted to you. You can feel the magnetic pull. And similarly, if somebody turns you off, if they're behaving in a negative way, you feel repelled. Just like in grade school or junior high when you first started to seriously play around with bar magnets and The only thing is the polarities are reversed. So in physical bar magnets, opposites attract and like repels. But on the spiritual plane, like attracts like and opposites repel. So love brings love out of you. Fear brings fear out of you. And What goes around comes around. What you sow, you reap. If you're afraid in a relationship, then you generate fear from that and around that relationship. You scare the other person. They become scared. You think that's their fear, but you really planted the seeds, and so it is in reverse as well. When you love someone, if you're kind and generous and and thoughtful and forgiving and compassionate, then you begin to create that kind of a magnetic field and like attracts like in the spiritual dimensions. If you think about it, it makes really perfect sense. If you think about love being, in the physical sense, a reflection of spiritual love, if you think of the whole physical world as being a reflection of spirituality, it's going to be reversed, just like holding a newspaper up to a mirror, 
right? (laughs) You're going to see the words backwards. The reason they paint ambulance on the front of the ambulance backwards so that when you see it in the rearview mirror of your car, it'll read ambulance, right? So it figures that spiritual polarities, like attracts like, karma, what goes around comes around, you reap what you sow, the golden rule, and all of that, reflected in physical is going to be backwards. That's why, not to dwell on this, but that's basically why in physical dense, opposites attract and like repels. But understand the primary is like attracts like on the spiritual plane. So love generates love, fear generates fear. I think that's where you have to begin to understand self-love, is that it's not a commodity, it is a magnetic field. And that when you love someone, or even something, like an animal, you love your dog, you love your, your cat, your hamster, your, your horse, whatever, when you love that animal, you feel that being returned. What you put out into the world, you get back. And when you love yourself in the same way, then you have more love available to share with others. Again, love is not an either-or. It's an and. In fact, if any concept really represents the heart and soul of and, of harmony, <laughs> or unity, it's this idea of love as a magnetic field. I think if you reflect on that, not just during this free forum, hopefully you're going to join us for the premium training today because we're going to do, as I say, a whole six-session package, and you're going to want to have that whole thing available to you. You can download the MP3. You can listen to the streaming audio anytime you want, but... You can also download it as an audio file, an MP3, and put it in your music organizer on your uh, smartphone or your iPad or your iPod or whatever. Get all six. It's a powerful little package. And today, self-love. Sometimes I talk about a hypothetical example of people being lost at sea Perhaps their ship sinks and they find themselves in a rubber life raft without life preservers and confessing to each other, say there's just you and one other person in this life raft, and you realize you have no life preservers, and then you admit to the other person that you can't swim. You don't know how to swim. You can't save yourself. And the other person says, well, tragically, neither can I. I always meant to learn, but I never did. Oh, my God, do you mean neither of us can swim and we have no life preservers? That means if this rubber raft gets a leak, uh, we're going down. Glug, 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 we're fish bait, right? And then a few minutes pass and they reflect upon their dilemma and then – Suddenly, one gets what appears to be a good idea and excitedly says to the other one, I know what we'll do. Since we can't save ourselves, we'll just have to save each other. And one of us will have to go first. I don't think it matters who. 
I will save you if you promise to save me. Or if you want to go first, you could just promise to save me, in which case I I swear I, I will save you if you save me first. And then I would ask my clients or my students after getting to this point in the story, now, we know that's ridiculous, right? And everybody nods and chuckles and, yeah, that's pretty stupid. And then I say, tell me why. And most people have a real hard time. They have a sense that this is absurd, but they can't really find the right words. I think one of the best ways to describe the absurdity is to say you can never do anything for another person that you're unable to do for yourself, right? That's what's wrong with that. If you can't swim, you obviously can't promise to save the other one. That's why that's a silly little hypothetical story. But if that makes sense to you, if you understand what I'm saying, then you have to ask yourself, well, why is it or how is it then that so many of us go out into the world lonely and empty, devoid of love, looking for somebody else who's lonely and empty and has no love in their lives, and we make these promises that I will love you if you love me. Like the non-swimmers, both are lonely and empty. They have no real love in their lives. But we expect each to fill the other. And that's absurd. It's absurd whether you think of love as a commodity and a little less absurd, but still difficult to understand if, as I've presented here today, love is a magnetic field. And remember, all energy in the universe operates through a field of energy. When electricity, for example, moves down a wire, there's always a magnetic field around that wire. Conversely, how do we make electricity and cause it to flow along a wire? You put a magnetic field around the wire, they have a a cause-effect relationship, right? So if you have no love in your life and you're hooking up with somebody else that has no real love in their lives, they don't have self-love. They don't know what it means to love yourself. Then we get particularly needy. We want somebody else to fill us. We want somebody who needs us to fill them, but how are we going to share out of our emptiness, right? Can't get something out of nothing. So the most amazing thing is that it even works for a short period of time. And in, you know, the early stages of a romantic relationship, there's often a lot of loves, a giddy love, can't eat, can't sleep, Don't think about anything or anyone except that that other person is interested in you. They seem to love you. And it can be a very, very heady experience the first few times, especially the first few times you go through that. But then, because the empty spots were yours in the first place, 
they return probably on average six or eight weeks into the relationship, sometimes a whole lot sooner than that, and you say to the other person, how come you don't love me anymore? And they say something like, funny you should ask, I was just thinking the same thing. You see, the belief and the expectation simply took away your fear that you were unlovable. And the absence of that fear allowed you to feel your own sense of the true self, not the ego, but the higher self, the spiritual self. And that felt like love and contentment. And because the other person played a role in eliminating your fear, you give them credit for loving you. But all they did was take away your fear, their their presence the promise that they were going to love you caused you for a time to stop being afraid. The only thing that can block love. And so you felt that love. You know, you get a new puppy or a kitten and uh, that dog jumps up on your lap or you're petting the kitten and you feel that warm rush of love. Do you really think that's coming from the dog or from the kitten? Or is it coming from you, stimulated by the presence of the pet? This is the fundamental concept that we're going to examine in the premium training today, and I sure hope you make it a point to be with us just about five minutes from now. And if you're already enrolled, great. We'll see you over there. You've already got the URL address and the password. And if not, you can do it in about a minute, literally 60 seconds, when you just jump over to our primary website, the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Remember the T-H-E, the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training. You'll be able to enroll for a single class, a 13-week term, or for the deepest discount a full year, and the thank you page will have the URL address and the password you need for the upcoming class just coming up just a few minutes from right now. Okay, and we'll meet you over there. Self-love. Then we'll talk about healing childhood hurt a week from today. Then we'll talk about what do you do with current hurt? How do you manage your emotions? Then we'll talk about problem solving in week five, decision making, and in week six, peak performance. It's a really nice little package. And normally, students and clients pay a lot of money for this, especially in a private counseling setting. Here you're doing it for pocket change, but... You'll be able to play the programs over and over and over again. I think this is really, really going to be invaluable. So if what I've just said really makes sense to you, please join us in the premium training. And you might want to reflect on this. I've gone long again, as I often do. So I'm not going to lead a meditation today. We will do it in the premium training. Hope you can join us over there, theagelesswisdom.com. And uh, remember, this particular intro, this free forum, also is podcast out of the iTunes store. So share it with your friends. No copyright. Put it out there. 
happy to have you share it with your friends. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Mahalo, aloha from Maui, Hawaii. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui. <laughs>